It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Spurs. Your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I am your host, Jeff Garcia. Glad to have you back. And once again, we're having another low panel debate. We did one a couple weeks ago. Uh, that one had two media members in San Antonio taking on a Spurs fan. Well, we're going to mix it up today. We're going to have two fans going head-to-head against each other on about four questions regarding the San Antonio Spurs. We're going to try to make it presidential style. Everybody's going to have two minutes each, and we're going to try to keep the interrupting to a minimum. I'm, I'm thinking Manny Pena is going to be the worst interrupter on this uh, panel. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to introduce the representatives on this Los debate. On uh, my left, we have Zach Escamilla. You know him, you love him. He's a big Spurs fan, a former writer at the Spurs Zone. Zach, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. And are you ready to rep the fan base? I'm ready, Jeff. Always ready. All right. And then the other corner, I already teased him. You know him, you love him. It's been a long time since he's been on Los. I'm glad to have him back. Manny Pena, he is the go-to guy for all things movies, pop culture in San Antonio. Manny, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. And, well, you know, you missed the first time I invited you on this, but, hey, you're here for the second one. That's right. I had, I had to make it up to you. So, yes, I – yeah. And, and you called me last minute, but you know what? I'm glad I'm glad that, uh, that, that, that you did. So, yeah, it's good to be back on. Gentlemen, you have the questions above, in front of you. You know what we're going to be talking and uh, Zach, um, do you mind if Manny goes first? You know, it's been a while since he's been on. Yeah, by all means. Okay. All right. Look at, look okay. at that, Manny. Zach's being a gentleman. Starting things right on the debate here. Yes, sir. First question in this debate is, should the Spurs extend DeMar DeRozan past this season if he picks up his option? Based off of the uh, play that he had in the bubble, you saw a lot more leadership there. And... I I don't know if it was because of everything that was going on that you just saw a different type of passion in DeMar. 
but it showed on the court. And there were a lot of games. There were a few games there. Actually, I'm sorry. There were a few games there in, in the, at the tail end of the bubble where, you know, they could have easily won. They could have won out. They could have played the, the, the trailblazers in that, in that, um, in the in the game to decide who who goes on to face right. the Lakers, yeah. And uh, I I really thought that that his play increased. You you see his uh, points per game. You know it was pretty consistent, and uh, and and how he was getting everybody involved, especially Keldon Johnson. Um, I thought that the leadership really emerged in him. Uh, if I'm the Spurs, yeah, I, I would extend him. Uh, the it would really be on on him it would really be on him and what he wanted to do and what his goals were but if i'm the spurs yes i would I, if i if i had to choose between the two right. between him and, and and lamarcus i would i would focus on demar Derozan. all right man you have about a minute left any other final thoughts uh, before i pass the mic to zach uh no i mean i i like i said i, I really thought that uh um uh, he showed a little bit more grit than he did when he was in toronto and uh, and uh, I, I I saw that on the floor. I really thought that he was um, that he uh, that he came through uh, sometimes in the clutch. Mm-hmm. So uh, he he took his game to a different uh, level. And um, I think that uh, with that progression, I think it you know there's nowhere to go but up with him. All right, there you have it, uh, Zach. It is your turn. The same question here is: Should Demar Derozan pick up his option and play one more season in San Antonio? Do you think the Spurs should extend them beyond next season? Absolutely not. Under no circumstance should DeMar DeRozan brought back. Now, I don't disagree with everything that Manny said because I think he did bring up a lot of great points. Did he play better in the bubble than he did in the earlier season? Absolutely. Did he show leadership? Absolutely. He held the gun to my headset. I had to choose between him or LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm picking DeMar DeRozan all day long. <laughs> so I don't disagree with some of Manny's points, Jeff, but here's the thing. You're not, the Spurs aren't going to survive an NBA season with, uh, excuse me, with DeMar DeRozan playing minutes at power four. And the reality of that is he's a natural shooting guard. The Spurs have a logjam of shoot, shooting guards right now. If you keep DeMar DeRozan, that's going to eat into minutes for Lonnie Walker. That's going to eat into minutes for Keldon Johnson. That's going to eat into minutes for Derek White. So you've got all these other talented guard. Maybe you call them guard forwards with Keldon Johnson and Lonnie. You know, give them a couple inches with the hair. Well, I know Lonnie doesn't have the hair anymore, but they got long wingspans. So if you wanted to, you know, stretch them out to play the three, you can. But the point I'm trying to make is the Spurs have a young stable of guard forwards that need to get minutes. You signed DeMar. That's the kiss of death. You are saying uh, you don't really care about this youth movement and you want to keep an aging veteran that still can't consistently hit a three-pointer. So for all of those reasons, uh, in the words of Mr. Uh, Wonderful on Shark Tank, I'm out. All right. There you have it, gentlemen. Um, you already made your case. Uh, Manny, uh, do you have a rebuttal? I don't think that it would take a a lot of minutes away because uh, DeMar DeRozan can be moved to the, the small forward position and Keldon Johnson can play that too. Uh, Derek White could even play the two. Uh, uh, Murray could play the two. So you can still shuffle them around. Now, if, and I know we're going to probably talk about it later, but if we, uh, he, he can't play that power forward, you're right, but he can, uh, you know, but that's where we get that, that um, the additions as far as the draft, and we can draft somebody at that level. And, and I have a few ideas more or less where we can go with that. But, uh, but I don't think that it would be uh, a bad to have that kind of veteran uh, 
a, a veteran that that has carried a franchise basically on his own with a little help of Kyle Lowry, you know, and and take those Raptors to what they did in in, in the East. So uh, that's the part that that's more vital. I think it's the leadership aspect of it and the experience aspect that that can actually help uh, the young the young ones develop. And uh, Zach, your final thoughts on this uh, question. Uh, I mean, I see where Manny's coming from. You know, I think DeMar's uh, a solid player. He's probably an even better person. Um, I like the guy. But, uh, you know, for me, he's just not what you consider a true modern NBA player. I mean, let's call it what it is. The NBA is a three-point shooting league. If you can't consistently be a three-point threat, you're not really going to help stretch the floor and help your team win a whole, whole lot of games. So for me, uh, he's, he's just a bit of a, of a dinosaur in this modern NBA. And <laughs> at the end of the day, that, that's why, you know, I, I would let him go. All right, Manny, you're laughing there. Um, what's going on? What are you laughing at? And I'm 33, well, I mean, so I'm old too. Oh, uh, I won't tell y'all how old I am. That's, that's embarrassing, but uh, <laughs> he, he's right. Uh, you know, I, I get it. Um, but sometimes you need those old dinosaurs sometimes, you know, uh, to, uh, to, to help uh, balance out, you know, uh, the youngins as far as their play, their maturity on and off the court, stuff like that. You know, some of that stuff you just can't teach. Uh, so I think that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think that it is beneficial to have somebody like him, uh, to to be to be that 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 person to um, to guide these young guys and help develop as well. All right, there you Sounds have it. Sounds like Manny's a fan of the Cougars, based on that analysis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, uh, you, you look at his play because he's a mid-range guy. He doesn't have a three-point shot. You're right about that, Zach. Uh, he's he's a mid-range guy. He still can take it to the hole, so that's that's good on his part. Uh, you know, uh, John Morant is the same way. Uh, you know, he's not that big of a three-point shooter. Uh, so, you know, th- there's, there are some players still that play that old-school type of ball, too. And because the Spurs have so many branches out there in the league, I think that, you know, that's why you see guys like that, you know, uh, guys like, uh, uh, you know, Middleton that, that can mm-hmm. pull up for that mid-range and occasionally come out for that three. So, you know, with Budenholzer and, and you know, Brett Brown and you have Ben Simmons and all that. So, so that's why I say that it, it's, he might be a dinosaur, but there's still a lot of people out there that still model their games after that type of play. All right, there you have it. As for me, guys, no, I, I, I'm on the side of um, the Spurs should not. Uh, they're going to be big players potentially in that free agent market after the next season. And that's a lot of money that they can throw at uh, maybe a younger NBA star if they want to come to San Antonio. Right now, I don't see a star player on this roster, and I think they need that unless somebody has a breakout season uh, among the young guys. But barring that, I think they should save that money uh, and look elsewhere and um, just wish DeMar DeRozan the best of luck moving forward. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and move on to our second question here. And since, uh, Manny, you went first uh, last time, we'll get Zach to go first. Zach, is Lucas Samanic going to turn out to be worth the wait? Why or why not? You know, that's a really good question, Jeff. And I wish I had a legitimate, honest answer on that. Right now, I'm going to go with the controversial answer of no. He looks like a deer in the headlights. And considering that there were some decent players left on the board, I know most Spurs fans are really banging the door for Brandon Clark. 
Um, knowing that a player like Brandon Clark was available that could have came in, helped right away, especially at the at the forward position that they so desperately need help at, and you draft Luca, who's the epitome of a project, uh, I know he got a little bit of run late in the bubble. And that's another thing. The Spurs were playing all their young guys in the bubble, but Luca didn't see any run until the final game. And, and that was later in the final game. So for me – all those things are red flags, Jeff. And I think with all of that being considered, I just think uh, the chances of him being that really solid player are slim to none. But I, I for one, hope he proves me wrong. All right. So let's go ahead and pass the baton now to Manny. Manny, same question. Do you think Lucas Samanich will be worth the wait? You know, to be honest with you, from a skill level standpoint, I would say yes. From a skill level standpoint. I would say yes. You know, uh, he's got a lot of, of upside to his game. He, you know, he does play that Euro type of basketball. So I, I do like his skills. The, the, the part that tears me up is his attitude and the maturity and all of that. And that part is what, you know, especially Pop has, what, two years, you know, if that. And, and uh, Pop has, like, two years if that. So I don't think there's time, honestly. And uh, I would probably just move on. I that's probably going to get beat up. That's fine. But um, I just don't think, I just don't think that uh, from a maturity standpoint, I don't think that he's ready. Um, I honestly see him going back to Europe. Uh, That's just my opinion. Uh, I don't think that he'll take another year of going to the Austin Spurs. So um, it does not look good. Uh, This is a question. uh, I want to give it back to Zach here regarding Lucas Amonich. Zach, is the pulse of the fan base right now, overwhelmingly yes he's gonna pan out or no he's not gonna pan out you know that's another great question and i think you have a lot of folks right now saying oh yeah he's gonna pan out but they're just you know hoping against hope right now you know it's kind of like uh, that scene in the dark night when harvey two-face told gordon to, you know, lie to his kid and say everything's going to be okay. <laughs> so they're saying they're so they're saying everything's going to be okay with Luca, but I think deep down in their hearts they know he's probably not going to pan out. And then of course you've got your 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 other fans that have just been, yeah, we should have drafted you know Brandon. Clark. We we made a we made a mistake there. So I think if you were to ask fans anonymously. Uh, you would probably have most say it, it's it's just not going to happen. And, and I agree with Manny when, when Manny said that he does have some skills. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Spurs wouldn't have drafted him in the first round and used one, their first of two first-round picks on this guy. I mean, I think a lot of folks had Luka going to the Spurs at 29 and maybe a guy like Keldon Johnson going to the Spurs at 19, you mm-hmm. know, would have had it flip-flopped. So I think the Spurs were very fortunate that they were still able to get Keldon at 29 when realistically unless another team like Oklahoma or Philadelphia really wanted Luca, you know, in the early twenties, uh, you know, again, the Spurs really got fortunate by, by getting KJ and if right. Luca doesn't pan out, I don't think people will care as long as KJ does. You know, Manny, one more question regarding the uh, before we take our first break here is, are you close to using the B word? No, I'm not talking about that word. I'm talking about bust. Well, um, you actually got to get, PT on the floor before you can be yeah. called that, um, you know, and uh, he doesn't really have that. Now, if you're talking uh, NBA, possibly, 
you're talking uh, G League? No, he was not a bust in the G League. I, I, I thought I, you know, I saw some pretty good stuff from him yeah. in the G League. Uh, a lot of potential in that in that guy. Uh, he showed some good. Uh, like I said before, he he had some he had a lot of good skills, a lot of good games in the G League. Um, but when you're playing up against professionals in the in the NBA, that part it's just you know the skills weren't good enough to keep him on the floor, and more or less the attitude probably uh, contributed to that as well. So um, it's borderline. I'm not gonna say yes. I'm not gonna say yes to that. Uh, I'll. He's not Greg Oden, bus, but, uh, <laughs> but you know. But uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just hold off on that one. I, I'm not ready to say that yet. Yeah, you know, I, I'm 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 kind of in the middle. I'm on both sides. I think he does need more time. I, I do want to give him another season, maybe season and a half, to see what he really can do. I don't want to use the word bust yet, but I will use the word show me something. I'll use those words. I mean, show me something, Luca. Um, he was stapled to the bench guys for pretty much all of the bubble. You know, Zach right. Pop comes out and says, we're going to go youth movement and they staple him to the bench. Did that worry you? Did that concern you? Did that kind of raise your eyes and think, okay, what's going on with Luca here? Yeah, absolutely. Like when you had Marco Bellinelli out there with, you know, Keldon Johnson, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, I thought, why on God's green earth is Marco Bellinelli getting run at all when this is about the youth movement? I mean, here's a guy that's probably going to go to the Italian League this summer. And, and you know, you got Luca there. You're already eliminated from playoff contention. You know, Luca's played with these guys in Austin. So why is he not getting any run? You know, the Spurs had zero to lose by putting him in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was literally nothing at stake. So the fact that he didn't get any run until that final game, uh, that was a massive red one. Yeah, it, it really was for me. And look, do the Spurs have that process set? Of course they do. We, we've seen it pan out. But for a guy that was their first pick in the draft last year to not get that much burn in the bubble, that was a little concerning for me. Hopefully he'll have yeah. a strong showing in the um, – preseason whenever that is training camp whenever that is um but yeah hopefully it'll pan out uh, final thoughts manny uh well you know i, I heard a, a an interview recently uh from greg from greg popovich and, and he he's well he stated about uh attitudes and and uh integrity and stuff like that and when they have people like you know that don't um necessarily mesh with the spurs culture he, he said something along the lines of playing, basically playing time is, is, uh, is how you straighten that out, I guess, or yeah. you get rid of it. Uh, and, 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 and that's why I said that as far as the, you know, the playing time and the attitude, because pop will reward you with PT. I mean, that's just the way it is. He mm-hmm. will reward you with PT. And if you show him something um, as far as um, any kind of substance, integrity and all of that within, within practice, I mean, that's going to, re- he'll reward you by, by putting you out there sure. unless it's like really a development thing. And you really do need development go to, to Austin. But um, when I heard that it, it kind of related, it, you know, I, I saw the relation because of, of, of all of the rumors and, and stuff like that, that were going uh, on about Luca in the bubble. So, and, but you know what, at the same time, bubble life was not easy for anybody. So, you know, the, 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 the practices and procedures and safety protocols and everything that these guys have to go through, um, especially in the beginning when it's on mm-hmm. you, I mean, that, that's a culture change. I, my culture shock, it, you know, so it's, 
I, I understand some people could be, some people are made that way where they can, uh, you know, be mature and, and go through it. And some people just aren't. So uh, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, not ready to call him a bust though. All right. There you have it. Um, we are done with the first half of this Spurs um, fan debate right here on Locked On Spurs. Once again, I'm joined by Zach Escamilla. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, which is, uh, what is it, at Nerd Talk, right? Is that correct? At Nerd, Nerd Talk 87. 87. That's, that's right. And of course, one of my favorite people on Twitter. <laughs> hey, li- likewise. I, I, you know, and I should have mentioned that, Jeff. Like, this is the first time I've, I've interacted with Manny from the Good Oh, podcast I did not know that. Twitter. I did not. And, yeah. You know, I, I'm a big fan. I'm subscribed to their channel. Yeah, me um, too. I, I, I tried to get Terencio Miguel to follow me, but he refused. But um, other than that, but, you know, no hard feelings. You know, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but maybe someday <laughs> he'll follow me. And uh, speaking of the Goods <laughs> Podcast, make sure to follow Manny at the Goods Podcast and his uh, YouTube show. Um, I think just called the Goods Podcast, right? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's basically the Goods Channel when we have channel, uh, we have a lot of yeah we have a lot of different uh, content on there you know something for everybody but uh, but my Twitter handle is at the Goods Podcast so you can uh, hit me up on that and you can hit my partner Terrence at Terencio Miguel on Twitter and at the Good Podcast on Facebook. You know what's fun, uh, Zach, is that a few times that I've listened to uh, the Goods Podcast on the YouTube channel, I hear he, Manny calling me out or once in a while. I'm like, what? well, because you know, Manny knows that you're not a fan of, yeah, of I know. Star Wars sequels, and and I agree with Manny. You need to see the Rise of Skywalker <laughs> just to you know, just to get it over say with. You saw it, yeah, yeah. Right. And, maybe. And, and, and maybe. speaking of movies, Jeff, I will say one thing that Manny has in common with me that very few people that I've met in my lifetime have in common is a love for the movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. That's right. A lot of people best comedy of all time. They, they frown upon that movie, and I don't know why. I think it's wonderful, and it was so refreshing to meet another fan of one of the, the best comedies of all time. <laughs> all right, there you have exactly. it. So make sure to <laughs> give these two fine gentlemen a follow. When we get back, we're going to continue our uh, Locked On Spurs fan debate, and we're going to be uh, bringing up some questions regarding the draft and a couple of the young guns currently on the roster. The Transformers will return after these messages. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We now return to the Transformers. We are back, and I am joined by Zach Escamilla and Manny Pena. They are representing the fan base right here on the second ever Locked On Spurs debate. Gentlemen, are you ready to begin the second set of questions? Ready. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, I think it's going to go back to Manny now. Uh, Manny, you go first on this question. The NBA draft is right around the corner, Manny. A lot of Spurs fans are anxious. It's the highest pick in quite some time, number 11. But the question is, should the Spurs make a draft day deal or stand pat? Why or why not? 
there's a part of me that says they should do a, 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 a trade, but not necessarily with their pick, unless it came down to it. But I'm looking at that number two pick from Golden State. And if there's any chance that we could trade LaMarcus Aldridge to Golden State for that number two pick, and maybe Andrew Wiggins, I'll, I would do that in a freaking heartbeat. Uh, you know, they don't really have any real interior uh, pieces with the exception of Draymond Green. So I would, I would say, you know, it, it would benefit both. Um, since we are, you know, we're still rebuilding, I guess you could say, uh, that number two pick would just be, would be great. And on top of that, if I'm looking at it from a Golden State standpoint, do you, are you really um, looking at this draft class as something that is going to be, you know, like, wow, it's going to be the best draft class? No, it's, it's not that big. It's not that great of a draft class. So you really don't have much to lose in that, in that point. If we didn't do that and we stayed pat, stand pat, then that 11th pick, I mean, we're going back to the, to the college season this past season, you really didn't see anybody you're going to be looking at, you know, you're going to be scouting uh, pretty much early in the year and then it's, and then it's over, you know, so you really did not get a chance to see the what's out there unless your scouts were really, really doing homework before, mm -hmm. before the pandemic. So I would, if I'm going to do a trade, I'm, I'm doing a trade with something that I already have. And that would be LaMarcus Aldridge. All right. Uh, Zach, you are up. Same question. Should the Spurs stand pat or make a deal on draft night? You know, I'm actually going to have to agree very hard with, with Manny on this one. Uh, if there was any way for the Spurs to package Aldridge, and even if you had to sacrifice uh, one of the young guns, now I'm going to say uh, Kelvin Johnson is completely off limits uh, just because I, I think he's got the highest potential to be a superstar right now. Uh, even though I will say Derek White is probably their best all-around player right now, I just think Keldon Johnson has the highest ceiling out of any of the Spurs young guys. So outside of him and maybe Derek White, I think anybody else is uh, on the table. And I know that's probably going to rub some folks the wrong way because we have a lot of people that love Lonnie, a lot of people that love DeJounte Murray. And this is certainly not a knock at them. This, this is, if anything, this is praising them, saying that using them with the pick – pick number 11 and an Aldridge to move up to number two, that's more of a, um, a recognition of, of the type of players they are, that it would be a sufficient enough deal to get the Spurs up to that number two pick. So if there was a way for the Spurs to do that, absolutely 100%. I've heard rumors that the New York Knicks are shopping the number eight pick, if that's true. Uh, definitely look to see if you can, you know, dump some salary maybe dump a Rudy Gay contract or, you know, sorry, maybe Patty Mills. I know it's going to upset some people, but the point is clear up some cap space, get a higher pick. Fantastic. But if the Spurs end up deciding to stand pat, which as we all know, that's what yeah. they usually do. Yeah, unless, you like go back to yep. the, unless you go back to the Kawhi Leonard, you know, trade when they moved up with the Pacers uh, and traded George Hill. So, I mean, that is a possibility. You know, George Hill was very well liked here and a lot of people were upset, but Hey, Kawhi Leonard was part of a championship team. But if they do stand Pat, as again, I mentioned, they historically do. I really think a guy like Patrick Williams should yep. be who they should target with that 11th pick because he fits exactly what the modern NBA is. All right, he's Zach. A combo, you... He's a combo forward. All right, Zach, yeah, you know, the, you're the first one to go over your time limit here. So but we, we gave you a little bit of a gap there. 
in this debate. Uh, Manny, Wait, do I get do I get my time back? <laughs> yes, because, Manny. You know, he, all right. <laughs> at, at least I answered the question, Jeff. At least that I didn't, true. you know, go off on a tangent about sand or something like that. You know, I, I just don't you hate it in those debates where they're like. Uh, you know, why don't we talk about sand? It's like, no, I'm going to talk about water. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, man. Stay on subject. Manny, do you have any follow-up uh, to what Zach had to say? I like that Patrick Williams pick. Uh, you know, I, I saw some, I saw some uh, highlights of him uh, today. Actually, I did some, some homework on him. And, yeah, he, he is freaking awesome. A uh, little bit of Jeff Green, uh, maybe when Jeff Green was in OKC, uh, but a little bit more athletic. Uh, not limited as much when it comes to his speed and, and his footwork. So I, I like Patrick Williams a lot. Now, the one that, that, I, that I scouted today that I really like a lot, but it's really, really tough because we are so guard heavy, is Tyrese Maxey. That kid, 6'2", uh, offensive player, like he is just a, a, a step up, just a tiny step above or – Maybe a little equal to John Morant. I mean, that kid is just awesome. He is so he is fast, great transition scorer, low on turnovers, eighty-three percent free throw shooter, uh, great shot creator. Uh, if there's anything about him is because he's so good in transition, it's the the half court that kind of worries me about him because being six-two in the playoffs, let's say they made it, he would get stopped very quickly as to where Patrick Beverly probably wouldn't where Patrick Beverly probably would not. So, and then it, when you have a coach like Tim Duncan to show him a lot more of as far as post play and all that, I agree a hundred percent. Well, 95% with that when it comes to, uh, to that, but yeah, Patrick, Patrick Williams is definitely the one, the one to go if we, no. if we went. Uh, you know, Zach, one more question for you before we go to our final question here is, are you a believer that the Spurs should draft on need or best available? You know, Good question. that is a great question. I mean, we all know they need either uh, a, a bigger wing player, you know, that combo forward, a guy that, you know, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, that can, you know, step out, hit the three, but also, you know, play defense on the inside. We all know they need that. They need that like O.J. Simpson needed Johnny Cochran. We all <laughs> know that. No, that's, that's not a shock <laughs> to anybody. Stevie Wonder could see the Spurs needed that. But the point is – if there's that player, like Manny said, a guy who's a guard that you truly believe is going to be a transcendent player, like somebody that's going to come in and be better yeah. than what you already have, that you truly believe is going to be better than DeJounte Murray, better than Lonnie Walker, better than Derek White, and that's going to supplant them immediately, well, then I guess you do it, but you better have a trade lined up to get mm-hmm. rid of the, one of those other guards uh, so you can go out and still get that Patrick Williams for another big. So if you've got a deal with the New York Knicks to say, okay, we're going to send you DeJounte Murray straight up for pick number eight, you hold on to pick number 11, you take that guard at eight and Patrick Williams at 11, I'm fine with that. But it would have to be a scenario such as that where um, they're killing two birds with one stone. Because if yeah. they just came away with a guard – you know Spurs Twitter's going to riot. 
Yeah, it, it will. It, the, the fan base will be up in arms, but you got to make sure if it's a situation where they do best available, that that guy is going to be an impact player immediately and you can justify it. And yeah, if you got to move um, a Murray or a Lonnie then, or Rudy Gay or pa- Patty Mills, then so be it. Um, because if they're going in a different direction, they got to do it full steam. And that's why I, I, I agree with any type of deal with LMA or DeMar DeRozan. If it's going to jumpstart this youth movement, go for it, man. Just do it. Do it. If you're going to get back to the think about, um, what, do, what do you think about a possible trade between LaMarcus uh, for, LaMarcus for uh, somebody like Aaron Gordon in, in Orlando? Because that's been rumored. I'm down. That would, I mean, yeah, that would I'm be down. a dream come yeah. true. I, I mean, I, listen, I would be hooting and hollering if that trade was made, but I just yeah, don't I'm, know. Down. I'm down with it too. I just don't know if Orlando is interested in Aldridge, but if they are, you know, I, I make that deal, well, you know, twice, yeah. you know, every day and twice on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, but we all know what's going to happen. Gentlemen draft night, more than likely as Zach mentioned, they'll stand pat and have another boring NBA draft. And uh, we shall see. Don't forget, they have another pick in the second round. They got 41 um, a little late in the draft. But uh, with this draft, at least people think it's not that great and not deep. Who knows? I mean, listen, Quindari Weatherspoon was their second-round pick last year, Jeff, and he got quite a bit of run in the bubble over Luca, who was yeah. their first first-round pick. Yeah, that, that goes back to that whole Luca question earlier in the show. You know, uh, when Weatherspoon, their final pick deep in the draft, gets more burned than Samanich, ugh. Makes you kind of scratch your head and wonder what is going on, but we already addressed that. Maybe you guys want to bring it up in the final segment, but let's go ahead and wrap up uh, with the final question here on this uh, lockdown Spurs fan debate. Um, Big Mandy, you went first last time, right? So it goes back to Zach. Um, Zach, uh, the question is simply this this team is young. We know they're going to youth movement, and they got a bunch of young guys. They got Lonnie, they got Derek, they got DeJounte, they got Keldon, et cetera, et cetera. They got Quindari. But when it comes down to it, somebody's going to have to be that leader for the team eventually among this group of uh, young guns. So the question is, between Derek White and DeJounte Murray, will one of those, become, will one of those players become the next leader among the young players? If yes, then who? If not, then who then? I mean, how do you see White and Murray uh, rising up to be that leader? Um, you know, to me, this is actually a really – uh, simple answer and it's going to be controversial because I know uh, how well like DeJounte Murray is and don't get me wrong I'm a fan of his as well this is not a knock on him uh, but I think Derek White as I mentioned earlier is the best all-around player on the Spurs right now and he's he's kind of sneaky old compared to the rest of the young guys. And when I say sneaky old, he's like 26, 27. Yeah, he's, he's he, getting, he was a four-year He's getting guy. close to th- – yeah, yeah, he's getting closer to 30, but he's still considered young by, you know, NBA standards. But he's definitely got a lot more miles on him from a basketball perspective than DeJounte Murray or, you know, some of these, these other young guards. So for me, I see Derek White being that Manu Ginobili type of player where he can be very versatile. He can come play some point guard, play some shooting guard. You want to play a small ball, small forward, he could probably do that depending on the lineup. And he can come off the bench, be your sixth man, or he could be your starter. So I just think he's such a versatile player, and he's, he's just such a, a great person. I don't know him personally, but 
uh, just from all the interviews and everything that I've, I've seen from him, he just seems like a really great guy and somebody that you would, uh, you know, want to follow uh, if he was the leader on the team. So I- I'm going with Derek White. If, if you ever do meet Derek White, you get a chance to talk to him, just bring up Chipotle. He's, he's a big fan of Chipotle. Me too. I'm yeah, not going to lie. I love he, He's a big fan of Chipotle. All right. Um, <laughs> Manny, a question to you now. Um, you know, when it comes to these young guys, somebody's going to have to step up to be that leader eventually. And is it Murray? Is it White? Or is it somebody else? Your thoughts? All right. Uh, if uh, Derek White is the Monte Ginobili of uh, this team, uh, this era, then I'm going to have to say that the, the new leader uh, or the leader that's going to rise up is going to be Keldon Johnson. Um, I said that I said that from jump uh, on one of your first shows, actually, Jeff. Yeah. And I, I praise that guy so much. And uh, he has not let me down at all. What he did in the in the uh, what he did in the G League, how it transitioned to uh, to the bubble and in, in everything that was going on. And he still had elevated play. He paid attention to coaches. That was a big thing. Uh, not saying the others don't. I'm just saying that for him being as young as he was and for him to be as mature as he is uh, to to handle that kind of pressure on and off the court, uh, I just think that that's, that's hot rod. That's a rise yeah. rod on his prime. That's yeah. going to be him. I, I, I just have that feeling, um, you know, and, and uh, he has not let me down so far. The work that he is putting in right now, I mean, the guy's body is already changing Mm-hmm. to uh, to be a, a hell of a lot more of a Russell Westbrook almost type of uh, build. So he's, uh, you know, he has that, uh, he has that it factor, I think. And when you talk to him, same thing, you know, the, the maturity, it, it comes out. So I honestly believe, and that's not a lot, like Zach said, it's not a knock on Derek White or it's not a knock on DeJounte because DeJounte Murray's got a lot of freaking heart, a lot of passion for him to come back from an injury like that. Mm It's commendable. I mean, he is just, he was, he showed a lot of heart. So nothing away from him, nothing at all. But I honestly believe that Keldon Johnson will be the one to lead the Spurs. Yeah, it's definitely panning out. I've been fortunate enough to kind of get close to his camp over the off season. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes and how he's improving his game. And it's, it's amazing. Um, I wish I could get into details, but I can't. It's, he's going to have himself a breakout season. If you thought the bubble was any indication of his potential, wait till next season. It's it's going to be amazing. Uh, the thing is here, gentlemen, is that Murray is slowly kind of, I want to say fading out of Spurs fans' favor. They still like him, but it's not as strong anymore. Are you picking up that vibe, uh, Zach? Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily picking up the vibe of fans not really digging him anymore. But I think you maybe, do have more fans. Maybe I'm being too you know, hard on that. You know, I, it's not that they don't like him. Of course they do. They, they, they love him as a spur. And I get that. It just seems that he's almost like slowly becoming – remember the time, Zach, when he was almost untouchable? And now he's not now. Yeah. First fans. I mean, what happened? Well, that injury didn't help. That's true. Well, yeah. that and, and the emergence of Derek White. You know, when, Derek, when, when DeJounte Murray first got injured – uh, there were still a lot of question marks around Derek White. And then Derek White came in, balled out, played extremely well in that seven-game series against Denver. And, um, you know, the type of offensive potential that Derek White has shown us, we just quite we, – we haven't quite seen from uh, DeJounte Murray yet. And I think that's why you have, you know, more Spurs fans open to the idea of dealing Murray – if it gets them something else because of their point. 
Yeah, we shall see. And, what I, and I also, Jeff, Go uh, ahead. just real quick, I, I just wanted to say I, I, I agree with a lot of what Manny said about Keldon Johnson. You know, as I had mentioned earlier, Keldon Johnson has the highest ceiling of anybody on the team. That he does. Uh, again, I still do, I, I still do believe Derek White, uh, you know, at this time, you know, October 2020 is the best all-around player on the Spurs roster. But Keldon Johnson, in another year or two, will probably be the best player on the roster. I still think Derek White will be the leader of the team, just like a lot of folks say Patty Mills is the leader right now. Because we got to remember, just because you're the leader of the team doesn't always mean you're the best player on the team. So I, I do think that Keldon will eventually be the best player. He probably will be a leader. But today and maybe for another year, it's probably going to be Derek White. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is going to be Derek White, uh, slowly but surely. Not to say that Murray's not going to have his leadership moments, but I, I just overall, you know, White says the tempo. He's saying, he seems to uh, show by example. I mean, how many charges did he draw in the bubble? I mean, how many? I mean, he, lost a, he lost a tooth or he re-chipped a tooth. You know, the guy plays uh, fearless, and that's where you get somewhat of the comparison between him and the style that Mono Ginobili played with that reckless abandonment. So it's, it's good to see, you know, hey, this is a good problem for the Spurs to have. It really is, you know, two young guys willing to step up and be a leader. I mean, I'll take it. But somebody's going to have to be the alpha eventually. You know, you, maybe you can have co-alphas. But I think the Spurs are in a good spot right now with these two young guys. And Manny, quickly, the Matrix should have gone to Ultra Magnus and not to Rodimus Prime, my opinion there. <laughs> <laughs> He got robbed. He got robbed. I got to say, I have a confession, and both of you are going to be so disappointed in me. But that I you don't like Transformers like, the movie. I've never seen Transformers the movie. All right, let's do this. Um, now you got to leave now, Zach. Go watch it now. Right? <laughs> you're missing I was born out. Born in '87, y'all. <laughs> you're you're missing that, out. That's worse. That's worse than Jeff not seeing Rise of Skywalker. Oh, come on. You cannot compare those two movies to each other. No way. All right. Okay. Okay. I, okay, I got I, I, I got it. Okay. Let's make a deal here. I will watch Transformers oh, the movie no. if Jeff watches Rise of Skywalker. Oh, you're killing me, Zach. I will answer that on after the break. Uh, is is you... that fair, Manny? Is that fair? That's, that's fair. That's fair. You, you got to do it. I'll answer that question when we get back from break. When we do get back from the break, uh, it's going to be the chance now for both Manny and Zach to give their final thoughts on anything. It could be about the questions um, or it could, be, uh, it could be just about the Spurs in general. So, gentlemen, keep it to the Spurs. Uh, Zach, I know you want to talk about Nick Cage and all his glory, but you can't do not do that in the final segment. So, again, when we get back, the final thoughts from the panelists, Manny Pena and Zach Escamilla. The Transformers will return after these messages. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We now return to the Transformers. 
We are back, and I am joined by Zach Escamilla and Manny Pena. They are representing the fan base right here on Lockdown Spurs on this Lockdown Spurs fan debate. Gentlemen, you guys uh, knocked it out of the park. You got some good takes here. Um, but it's time to give your final thoughts. Now, it could be anything about what we discussed uh, so far in the show or just something that we may have missed about the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I guess, uh, Manny, you'll get first crack at this. Go ahead. Take it away. Well, when it comes to the Spurs, um, I think that, um, you know, they have they actually still have a lot of upside. Uh, a lot of people are kind of falling asleep on them, but they have some of the best executives uh, in the in the uh, in the league and uh, some of the best scouts. Uh, they con- consistently have draft steal after draft steal. So I, I honestly believe that they're going to do well um, as far as this year and moving forward. I know that there's a plan in place. Uh, the challenge will always be that this is not a destination, but um, if if real ballers are interested in, you know, substance and culture, then then they will come over here, you know, on their own, on their own will. So, um, but yeah, I, it, things are looking good for them. I, I do have, I do want to say something that's completely separate from basketball. That's okay. Go ahead. I want to say to uh, anybody that's listening and re- uh, that, um, that goes to the movie theaters, um, Movie theater industry is in a, in a rut right now, and uh, the pandemic is not helping things. Um, we, need, we need help. The, the, the movie industry needs help. The, the movie theaters, the, the employees, everybody. Uh, you know, Regal just closed. AMC's on the brink. Uh, we have a local theater that's doing well here, but uh, we need help. And uh, I know that the safety protocols and everything that are going that's uh, out there as far as the, uh, the theaters uh, are really, really well done, very well executed for the most part. And uh, I just want to throw a shout out to pretty much everybody affected by the, by the regal closings and by all, any, any uh, uh, furloughs or anything uh, with the movie industry because uh, we cannot let the movie theaters die. There, there's too many uh, generation after generation that have gone to movies, that have experienced it, that have, you know, whether it's a, a scene, music, score, anything that will always, you know, have something inside that, that reminds them of how awesome cinema can be uh and, and we need to keep that going so uh just i just wanted to i just wanted to take some time to uh to shout out to, to, to the movie theater industry and uh, he, the employees yeah, yeah here manny you know back in my younger days i used to work in the theater i used to work at the old century south theater on the southwest military drive uh, on, the, on the south side of san antonio so yeah you know as, as everybody knows you know i love movies i love nerding out you know love going to the theater and i, I totally agree with uh, manny if you can help out the theaters that would be great manny you think it's because there's there's like um the whole idea of the the covid thing and you think that's what was keeping people away honestly i really i believe uh from experience i believe that it's more of a uh, of a studio a studio thing, a uh-huh. studio worry, um, marketing, money, stuff like that. Uh, I believe that's the root cause of all this because a lot of movie theaters are willing. They're willing to be open. They're willing to, to, to put it out there. They're willing to, to, uh, to, to take the necessary precautions to ensure safety in front of everybody, you know, for everybody to enjoy and, mm-hmm. and give us that bit of normalcy. So I honestly believe that it's more of the studio. And if it is that, then uh, simultaneous releases is not a problem. Uh, if you release something, let, let's just say Wonder Woman, you release it on, on video on demand or HBO Max, whatever, at a premium price of 30, 40 bucks, mm-hmm. go ahead. But don't rob anybody experience of enjoying it at theater. Let people have a choice. 
You know, let people have a choice on whether or not they're going to watch this at home or at the movie or hell, maybe even both. So, but I just think that it should be given a chance. Mulan just recently came out. It's close to over $300 million, uh, you know, as far as the streaming goes. I think it's safe that you can put it out now. Disney should put their stuff out now, you know, so people can experience that type of epic on the big screen. So there, there, there are so many things that they can do. It's just not happening. Movie theaters are forced to close because of lack of content. So, so yeah. All right. Make sure. I, I agree with Manny 100% there, Jeff. I just wanted to add, I need Sony to release Ghostbusters Afterlife yeah. immediately. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and Disney needs to drop Black Widow ASAP and uh, the other big one. I want to see Wonder Woman uh, from Warner Brothers. So yeah. I, I think it's kind of like one of those, if you build it, they will come. If you, if you put it out at the theaters, the, the diehard fans are going to go see it. Yeah. All exactly. Right. All right, Zach, um, your final thoughts on this silver and black uh, before we put a wrap on this episode of Locked on Spurs. You know, my final thoughts are coming around Greg Popovich. What is he going to do? Right now you have Will Hardy being considered for a couple of head coaching jobs. He's a young coach. Uh, he's, he's definitely sought after for a reason. You have Becky Hammond that's being sought after for potential jobs this year. And, you know, you're, you're, the Spurs are losing a lot of talent because Coach Pop wants to continue to coach. And Coach Pop deserves the opportunity to stay as long as he has. You know, winners get to do what they want. You know, Mike Taylor, Mike Taylor show, you know, Mayor of Sports San Antonio always says that winners get to do what they want. And I, and I agree with that to an extent because right now Pop doesn't have anything left to prove. And if Will Hardy or Becky Hammond, one of these coaches on the staff right now, has a chance of succeeding pop um pop needs to you know go retire with his wine and and, and just call it a day man uh I, I think you know the danger of pop holding on too long is some of this young talent that they have on the on the coaching staff is going to be gone by the time he does decide to call it quits and um I just think it's time to, to start fresh with the new generation. And I know that's going to be very controversial. Folks are going to think I'm crazy. You say, how oh, can you say that about pop? And it's not a knock on pop. It's just uh, all good things must come to an end. And I just think it's time for a fresh start for the franchise. And that starts at the head coach position as well. Uh, you, you know, I, look, I don't know anything about his future in San Antonio, but my gut feeling tells me that we could be witnessing the final season of Popovich uh, whenever this new season begins. There he has that. We, you know, the Adam Silver already announced that the, uh, the season is not going to stop for the Olympics. So wh- what does that do to his plans? Does, does he want to just jump right from the season right to China? You know, that's travel, you know, going out there to, to coach. You know, so there's a lot weighing on him. And I do agree, you know, you're going to have to turn the page eventually, whether that be even Tim Duncan taking over the reins. I doubt it. But, you know, somebody eventually is going to have to step up. Those are big shoes to fill. Hopefully. And, and you know, Jeff, as, as much as Timmy, you know, I think fans would love it if Timmy was the next head coach. Because, I yeah. mean, this is the man who is responsible, you know, primarily responsible for the five rings next to Greg Popovich. I mean, Tim Duncan was the franchise. And I think – well, whoever the next coach is probably has to be a big personality or a big name. Yeah. And although Tim Duncan isn't what you would call a big personality, he is a big name. He's one of the greatest right. yeah. NBA players of all time, bona fide top five best player 
greatest power forward of all time. You, you know, the accolades go on and on. So, you know, the star power would be there, although his interviews, I think, would be hilarious because it's Timmy. But, uh, you know, one, one thing I do want to say in kind of like a, a closing thought, I know Manny gave a great appreciation for the movie theater industry and those that have been affected, you know, financially and, and those of us who are just, you know, fans of going to the movies, like it sucks, you know, but I, but I, so I agree with everything Manny said, Hey, if you can go out and support your movie theaters, I know they're showing a lot of Halloween movies at Santicos right now, yeah, like Beetlejuice, juice, you know, mm-hmm. the, cl- the classics take advantage. Um, but what I, what I do want to say without, uh, you know, getting, you know, political here. I, I know we're in uh, a voting season right now. People are starting to early vote. There's an election in November. You know, everybody knows that. I just want to say that I know there's a lot of division right now in this country. And no matter who wins, I know there's going to be people that are going to be upset. But one thing that we cannot do, and I need to do a better job of this myself, is start attacking people for their political views. Treat everyone with respect and just, you know, in the words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. Because you know what? Um, That's the only way we're gonna make it out of this, this this pandemic. This is the only way that, you know, humans are gonna be able to move forward, you know, and progress uh, is, is by being good to one another, treating others the way they would wanna be treated. I know it sounds like kids stuff. It's a lot of stuff that, you know, we've been taught since we were kids, but I think those values still do hold true today where we can all learn to be a little kinder to each other, uh, regardless of, of how much we may disagree with one another. We just need to all do a better job of just, again, words of Bill and Ted, just be excellent to each other. And I think uh, the world will be a better place. Here, 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 here. I agree with you. And, uh, answer, yeah, and to answer your question, Zach, yes, I will watch the final Star Wars if you watch um, the uh, old school Transformers <laughs> animated movie. Okay, okay, okay. That, that's well, we're gonna ha- We're going to have to do it like this. Like we have some sort of watch party. Um, okay. You know, um, I don't know, Manny, you can organize that or Zach, you're good we'll, at that. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out the yeah. logistics, but I mean, yeah. I'm game. Well, I know y'all are. I know y'all are going to be waiting to see me flip my computer over the, the floor and stamp Apple on it. But um, yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, no, dis- no distractions. No distractions. Let, let Zach enjoy the Transformers movie. And don't, you know, if, we, yeah. if, if you do a watch party and, and you start with your comments already and don't even like the credits barely roll, the world <laughs> barely out and you're already talking trash. <laughs> Right. You know, exactly. the, the opening crawl, right? The first sentence, just the like first I'm, sentence, I'm done. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's just going to say, um, you know, Luke Scott, and it was to say Ray, whatever her, she is, you know, what is she? Anyway? No, she, what, no, when she, when, when it, 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 I'll just tell you a part. It says, Palpatine lives right there. Oh, you're right done. there. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> done. Right there. Just, done. <laughs> done. I mean, that just made my skin crawl right there. Um, yeah, the guy plump. Okay, I'm not going to start. All right, so here we go. Um, thank you for everybody who tuned into this episode of Locked On Spurs on, or this Locked On fan debate. Um, it's been great. You know, I want to thank uh, Zach Escamilla. Once again, Zach, tell everybody how they can uh, chat with you. Uh, at NerdTalk87. Exactly, and uh, give him a follow. Even though he uh, was no longer writing for the Spurs Zone, he does help me out. Zach, I want to personally thank you for helping me out behind not this. No problem. Well, uh, Manny, 
Pena from The Goods Podcast and The Goods YouTube show. And Manny, I, I still have one more question for you, though. Okay. Why is Optimus Prime a punk? <laughs> Optimus Prime is not a punk. Optimus, you know, I'm, I can't even really get into it since Zach hasn't seen the movie. So I'm not going to get into it, but he is I mean, not I know, I know what happens to him. Because <laughs> Jeff he talks just had, about it all the you know, time. I just, don't, I just don't know what the, you know... Well, the I mean, new Netflix, the yeah, new they Netflix made series, like that, they made him look like a punk. That one, Bad. that one, I completely agree. Bad. But in the, even though I do say and I agree with Jeff that Megatron won the fight in the '86 movie, uh, he was still not a punk. He he showed he showed a lot of grit. So I'm not gonna say nothing about that. But it, it, they, it that for, for what it's worth, yeah. I I saw the Michael Bay ones. I saw Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh yeah, those don't exist too. I, I maybe yeah, give him no. a pass for the, hey, the first one, but the first one was okay. Uh, but I mean, I, Megan I, Fox was in it, so I enjoyed it. Hey, I'm sorry, but I like Dark of the Moon. I thought Dark of the Moon was awesome, so I don't fight me on that one. <laughs> yeah, no. By the way, isn't it isn't it very uh, well? Since Zach, you didn't see the movie, uh, the '86 movie, but uh, Manny, isn't it weird how it came full circle for Leonard Nimoy? I mean, he. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He played. Yeah. Uh, he played. Um, um, what's his prime? Galvatron. Uh, I uh, play Galvatron, thank you, as the enemy. And then in the, dar- the, Sentinel. Dar- the Sentinel, yeah, and then he became Sentinel Prime, who turned into the enemy. So I thought that was pretty poetic. I'll, I'll give Michael <laughs> Bay that uh, for you, you incorporating uh, Leonard Nimoy as, again, the villain of uh, the Transformers universe. But yeah, Z- Manny, man, they, whew, Netflix made Prime look like a you know what. Bad. Yep, absolutely. Bad. I agree 100% with that. It, and and I, I, was I, got, I got beat. I made a comment on it. I got beat up for it. Uh, uh, it's a prequel or it's, a, you know, it's early before he was the main leader and this and that. Like everybody's like all these apologists came out, but I'm sorry. That's not my prime. That wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay, fine. You want to make him a little bit softer because Megatron was more of a warrior than prime was. Okay. I get that. But that was just, I mean, just overboard too much. I mean, they didn't give him anything to really stand on something. <laughs> I know it's this generation, man. First they killed, that's not my Luke, and now it's not my prime. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now that this episode of Lockdown Spurs went off the rails, I was going to put a wrap on this. Uh, once again, uh, thank you for listening to Lockdown Spurs. And if you want to participate in the next Spurs uh, fan debate right here on Lockdown Spurs, uh, make sure to get a hold of me, and you know how to do that. Go to Spurs Zone News Force San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio.com and subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. So for Zach Escamilla, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.